Chapter 6 of The Boy Scouts on the Trail. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ripley High School, Army JROTC. A Sheriff's Posse. Of course, everybody did as they were told, and when they afterwards exchanged opinions regarding the ridiculous character of the picture they must have made, with six boys and two men trying to see who could elevate his hands the highest, they must always laugh until the tears rolled down their cheeks. Somehow, all of the scouts just took it for granted that these three advancing parties must surely be the men of whom they had been talking, the fleeing, desperate rascals who had lately robbed a bank, and were trying to make the border so that they might cross over into Canada, from which territory they would be able to make faces at any pursuers. But Thad, as he began to see the newcomers better when they drew nearer to the fire, felt relieved, an idea started to flit through his active brain, to the effect that after all they might not be the thieves, come back for some purpose, perhaps to recover possession of the little old black tool bag. Now, called out the tall man, who was in the lead, and who seemed to be in authority, we know you're tough cases, and we don't mean to give any one of you a chance to play a game on us, so my men will keep you all covered while I go to the rounds and put the irons in. Wow, exclaimed Giraffe. He, his eyes looked as round as saucers when he heard this remark on the part of the supposed terrible Yegman. Please go a little slow about that, Mr. Sheriff, called out Thad. If you look again, I'm sure you'll discover that six of us are only boys, and that we belong to a troop of scouts. We're up here on the track of a Mr. James W. Carson, who is in the woods with two guides. It is of great importance that I find him, as I am bearing a communication that means a heap to both Mr. Carson and my guardian. As for these two men here, they are our guides, Jim Hasty and Eli Crooks. And I guess you ought to know them both, sir. And there's another, Sabattis, who's right behind you, gun in hand, ready to hold you up if you try to do us any harm. The tall man who Thad had rightly guessed to be the sheriff and chase after the burglars, who were fleeing toward the border, gave another look, and then burst into a loud shout. That's one on us, all right, young fellow, he remarked. We wondered why under the sun our birds had started to hobnob with a crowd of Boy Scouts. But you never can tell what's what when you're dealing with such sharp customers, and we didn't mean to take any chances. It's all right, men. You needn't handle those guns as if you meant to shoot any longer. These parties are all right, but what I do want to know is how you came by that. He pointed as he spoke at the old tool bag that was lying behind Step Hen, and evidently he must have recognized it or else suspected what it contained. That's mine, er, I meant to say, I found the same in the bushes here when I was hunting something I lost, and Steph Hen held up a little packet secured in water cloth, waterproof cloth, which he had evidently since discovered just where he formerly laid it down. We opened the bag, and guess what the tools must have been thrown away by some yeggmen who were making a bolt across the country for the Canada boulder marked that as the three officers sat down close to the fire to warm their hands and that's just what's what responded the sheriff nodding as he examined the contents of the bag we hope to get them in time because it meant, means a cool thousand to us perhaps more because the reward may have been doubled after we hit the woods sometimes we've been hot on the track and then again they'd give us a slip and we'd lose ground i've often wished we had dogs along but they're hard to find and people somehow don't like to see dogs up here, since the law put a ban on deer hounding. 
I'd like to keep just one of them tools to remember my find by, if you didn't have any objection, suggested Step Hen anxiously. You can keep the whole bunch if you like, son, answered the sheriff. We don't need any such evidence against these birds, if only we can catch them. They're carrying all the evidence we want in the shape of the entire capital of the bank they looted so slick. I suppose they broke open the safe in the usual way with dynamite, Thad remarked quietly. Just what they did, though how you guessed it, I don't see, the sheriff replied. We found something in the bag that told us that, and Thad, as he spoke, stepped over to the tree, in the crotch of which he had placed the stick of dynamite. Step Hen turned red in the face as he heard the story told of how he had just been about to throw the unknown substance into the fire when prevented. The lengthy sheriff looked repro reproachfully toward him and remarked mildly, You want to go slow, my boy, about handling things that you never saw before. I wouldn't like to say what would have happened to the lot of you once this dropped into that red-hot fire. Many a fool miner has been blown to atoms because he tried to dry damp dynamite out in an oven and let it get too hot. Before, better ask yourself a few questions before you go to try and tricks with strange things. Will you spend the night with us, Mr. Sheriff? asked Thad, thinking they ought to appear hospitable, as everyone who goes into the great timber should be. Besides, he rather fancied this main sheriff, and believed that a session and his company alongside the blazing campfire would be both pleasant and profitable, as doubtless the officer could relate many things of interest to the scouts. But the other shook his head. Sorry, but when we're as close to the heels of our game as this, we must keep on the move. It requires considerable hustling to run down such a lively set as those three yeggs. And Charlie Barnes, he knows his business up here in the woods all right. They've led us a lively chase up to now, but the longer we're held off, the more determined we become to follow them, night and day, till we bring the lot to bay. They've got mighty little grub along, and we don't want to let them have any time to hunt then perhaps hunger will help us out. But if you're going on right away, said Alan, perhaps you'd let us make you some hot coffee, Mr. Green? The sheriff looked keenly at him, and then held out a hand. Seemed like that was something kinder familiar about your makeup, he said. Now I know you, Alan Hollister. How's the dad and the little lady you call mother? I remember her well, and you do, as a boy who loved to hunt and fish as well as any lad in all Penobscot County. My father is dead, Mr. Green, but mother is fairly well, replied the boy with a sad tone in his voice. We are not living in Maine any longer, but down in New York State, where all these other scouts belong. But will you drink that coffee, if we make a pot for you? The sheriff saw that Alan did not seem inclined to say anything more about his own family, and so he allowed the subject to drop. But he did look inquiringly at his two husky de deputies, who gave him affirmative as well as eager nods. Just please yourselves, young fellows, he remarked. My men look a bit peaked, because we've been hitting it up at quite a warm pace, and I guess now they'd enjoy a hot cup right smart. I confess I wouldn't object myself, seeing that you're so pressing. The coffee pot was quickly clapped on the red coals, and would soon be sending out a fragrant odor. Thad, meanwhile, stated to converse with the officer, and by asking a few questions learned something concerning the robbery of which the three fling tramp burglars had been guilty. According to the sheriff, they were all hard characters and had served time in various jails for other crimes. If by chance you did run across the lot, he observed, you'd better look sharp, for they wouldn't hesitate at anything if they thought there was any fear of being held up, 
Remember that, boys, and govern yourselves accordingly. Which, I take it, observed the listening Bumpus, to mean that we had ought to get them covered first if we run up against the crowd. Just what it does, and look out for tricks. That, Charlie, he's as full of sly games as an egg is of meat. Hmm, that does smell prime, son. What condensed milk along with you, too, and sugar. I must say we struck a snap when we saw your fire here, after heading for this old campground. That tastes like nectar, let me tell you. And warms a fellow up inside better than any strong drink ever could. Glad you like it, said Thad. And we all of us hope you come up with those three tramp burglars and gather them in. After drinking several cups of the coffee apiece, the sheriff and his posse of two deputies declared that they ought to be going. We've got a pretty good hunch as to where they struck for after leaving here, remarked the officer as he shook hands all around, not forgetting the silent Indian guide. And if they only stop it over a day, so's to get some game, why, we expect to surprise them right smart. Goodbye, boys, and good luck. If so be we run across Mr. Carson, whom I happen to know, why, we'll tell him we're you're on his trail. Waving his hand to them, the sheriff walked quickly away, followed by his two men, and they were heading due north the last the scouts saw of them. Wonder if they'll overtake that active bunch, or will the yeggs get across the line as they're planning to do? Giraffe ventured, as they sat there talking over the latest development in the affair, though one or two of the scouts began to yawn every minute or so, and rub, rub their eyes as though growing sleepy. Nobody can tell, Thad remarked, but that Sheriff Green bears all the earmarks of an officer who generally get get what he goes after. That's what they say about him, Alan put in, for he had not been talking with the rest. Something which the sheriff had said, possibly when asking after his father, had caused the boy to think of things that had happened in the past, which apparently could not be apt to give him joy. By degrees, the, the scouts sought their blankets under the canvas. Thad and Alan were the last to crawl in. The guides had made themselves comfortable near the fire, having blankets with them, and the boys noticed how they all made sure to keep their feet toward the blaze when selecting places for the night. It was the woodsman's ways, because the feet are the first part of the body to feel cold when, during sleep, the blood fails to circulate as thoroughly as when one is awake, since the heart slackens its function in order to get rested for the next day's labor. Finally, all was quiet. The night wind crooned among the trees, an owl hooted to its mate, but the scouts all slept calmly with not a fear of danger. End of chapter six. Recording by Cadet Spinks, Ripley High School, Army JROTC.